Introduction to Indian Child Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Indian Child Life by Charles Eastman. A Letter to the Children. Dear children, you will like to know that the man who wrote these true stories is himself one of the people he describes so pleasantly and so lovingly for you. He hopes that when you have finished this book, the Indians will seem to you very real and very friendly. He is not willing that all your knowledge of the race that formerly possessed this continent should come from the lips of strangers and enemies, or that you should think of them as bloodthirsty and treacherous, as savage and unclean. War, you know, is always cruel, and it is true that there were stern fighting men among the Indians as well as among your own forefathers. But there were also men of peace, men generous and kindly and religious. There were tender mothers and happy little ones, and a home life that was pure and true. There were high ideals of loyalty and honor. It will do you good and make you happier to read of these things. Perhaps you wonder how a real live Indian could write a book. I will tell you how. The story of this man's life is itself as wonderful as a fairy tale. Born in a wigwam, as he has told you, and early left motherless, he was brought up like the little Hiawatha by a good grandmother. When he was four years old, war broke out between his people and the United States government. The Indians were defeated, and many of them were killed. Some fled northward into Canada and took refuge under the British flag, among them the writer of this book, with his grandmother and an uncle. His father was captured by the whites. After ten years of that wild life, now everywhere at an end, of which he has given you a true picture in his books, his father, whom the good President Lincoln had pardoned and released from the military prison, made the long and dangerous journey to Canada to find and bring back his youngest son. The Sioux were beginning to learn that the old life must go, and that if they were to survive at all they must follow the white man's road long and hard as it looked to a free people, they were beginning to plow and sow and send their children to school. Ohiesa, the winner, as the boy was called, came home with his father to what was then Dakota Territory, to a little settlement of Sioux homesteaders. Everything about the new life was strange to him, and at first he did not like it at all. He had thoughts of running away and making his way back to Canada. But his father, many lightnings, who had been baptized a Christian under the name of Jacob Eastman, told him that he too must take a new name, and he chose that of Charles Alexander Eastman. He was told to cut off his long hair and put on citizen's clothing. Then his father made him choose between going to school and working at the plow. Ohiesa tried plowing for half a day. It was hard work to break the tough prairie sod with his father's oxen and the strange implement they gave him. He decided to try school. Rather to his surprise, he liked it, and he kept on. His teachers were pleased with his progress, and soon better opportunities opened to him. He was sent farther east to a better school, where he continued to do well, and soon went higher. In the long summer vacations he worked on farms and shops and offices, and in winter he studied and played football and all the other games you play, 
until after about fifteen or sixteen years he found himself with the diplomas of a famous college and a great university, a bachelor of science, a doctor of medicine, and a doubly educated man, educated in the lore of the wilderness as well as in some of the deeper secrets of civilization. Since that day a good many more years have passed. Ohiesa, known as Dr. Charles A. Eastman, has now a home and six children of his own among the New England hills. He has hundreds of devoted friends of both races. He is the author of five books which have been widely read, some of them in England, France, and Germany, as well as in America, and he speaks face to face to thousands of people every year. Perhaps some of you may have heard from his own lips his recollections of wild life. You may find all the stories in this book, and many more of the same sort, in the books called Indian Boyhood and Old Indian Days, published by Doubleday, Page, and Company, of Garden City, Long Island, who have kindly consented to the publication of this little volume, in order that the children in our schools might read stories of real Indians by a real Indian. End of A Letter to the Children